Hallelujah. Say it with me. God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but he gave me the spirit of faith. Glory to God. And faith is the victory that overcomes fear. Glory to God. There are three things that I know of, and I'm sure there's more, that pushes fear out of the way. Number one, the promises of God. Get so full of the Word that there's no room for any fear in your life. It will displace it. It will push it out of the way. It'll put it back where it belongs, and that's under your feet. That's so vital. The second thing is presence. Presence. In His presence, there's fullness of joy... And the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so as we are filled with the fullness of God and filled and activating the presence of God in our lives, we're strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And it pushes fear away. It keeps it under your feet where it belongs. Promises, presence, praise, and prayer. As you pray in the Spirit, you are building yourself up on your most holy faith. You are rising higher and higher and higher not lower and lower and lower. As you're praising and praying, you're praying to the Most High God. And the most low one, the devil, cannot stand it. I guarantee you, he will not stick around to listen to you praying and praising and in the promises of God. He cannot stand it. All of those things will literally turn fear out of doors. And we live in a very fear-filled society right now. The very atmosphere around us is filled with it. It is from the devil. It is from the world. But you and I, we are not of this world. <coughs> you may be seated. <clears throat> We're not of this world. We are of God. And greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. And so you and I have the privilege to please God with our faith. The Apostle Paul, he addressed the church at Corinth in verse 1. And he said something very important. He said in verse 1 of 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 
He said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. How many of you know Paul was very educated? But Paul did not depend on his education. The church at Corinth, the city of Corinth, was known as being so lasciviousness, it was the Las Vegas of that day and then some. It was full of idol worship. It was full of demonic forces. Even the Christians in Corinth got puffed up. They wanted to hear something that would tickle their ear. They wanted to hear something that would cause them to be able to talk to someone about how much they know. They were puffed up with pride. And I want you to notice in verse 2, he says, For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ. That's a good thing. And Him crucified. Christ and Him crucified. This great apostle said things like this, that I may know Him and that I may know the power of His resurrection. The more that you become acquainted with Him, the more of His resurrection power you will experience. In verse 3, he says, And I was with you in weakness and in much fear and in much trembling. Paul knew that his reliance to minister to the church at Corinth could not be from his background of his education He knew that in his flesh, he was not enough. How many of you know, in you, you are nothing? In you, you can do nothing. But thank God we are no longer in us. We are now in Christ. And in him, we live and move and have our being. Glory to God. Verse 4. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. This is what the body of Christ needs. We do not need four points and a poem. We need the power of God in demonstration where people come in one way, but they go home another way, where people come in discouraged, but they leave encouraged, where people come in sick and they leave healed by the power of God. In demonstration of the Spirit and the power of God, Paul was saying, I'm counting on Him to show up. And then notice with me in verse 5. He said that your faith, verse 5, that your faith, everyone say faith, Faith. should not be in the wisdom of men. 
Well, if my faith is not going to be in the wisdom of men, I need to place my faith in something or someone else. But that your faith should stand in the power of God. Woo, glory to God. Faith in the power of God will sustain you. Faith in the power of God will keep you. Faith in the power of God will keep your whole spirit, your whole mind, and your whole body sound until Jesus returns. Have faith in the power of God. Oh, glory to God. Now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, just a couple chapters over. And notice with me in verse 18, it goes on to say here, he said, Now some are puffed up as though I would not come to you. The amplified version of that is very interesting. It gives us a little clarity. Some of you have become conceited and arrogant and pretentious, counting on my not coming to you. You were kind of hoping I wouldn't show up. I think there's a lot of Christians like that in a lot of churches today. They're kind of hoping God doesn't show up so that they can be out by 12. (laughs) And if he does show up, they'll look at each other and say, Oh, Ethel, we've seen some strange things today. If anybody's by the name of Ethel here, I apologize. (laughs) Now notice verse 19 and verse 20. But I will come to you shortly, if the Lord will. And will know not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom... Let's read that together. For the kingdom of God is not in word. Look at this in the message. This is outstanding. God's way is not a matter of mere talk. It is an empowered life. Come on, somebody. I love it, don't you? Glory to God. Back up to verse 19 on that message translation. I love this. But I'll be there sooner than you think. And then we're going to find out if they're full of anything but hot air. (laughs) Paul was coming along and he was going to burst those old gas bags. I'm going to tell you right now. (laughs) Paul said, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For the gospel of Christ, which is the good news, it is, now notice, the power of God. 
The gospel contains in it the power of God. And the gospel must be demonstrated. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, in verse 5, let me just quote it to you. He says, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost. Say with me, count, come to us, O God, in power and in the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Word of God. Thank God for the Spirit of God. Now you know as well as I do, as we turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, we are without a doubt living in the last days. And we see this in 1 Timothy chapter 3. I believe I said that. Glory to God. Let me make sure I get the right scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And you probably already have it there. But notice this. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Anybody experienced any perilous times in the last 18 months? I don't think it's going to get any better for the world. But I do believe it's going to get better for us. He did not say that we are going to go from darkness to darkness, but rather that we are going to go from one degree of glory to the next. And then, of course, he shares what some of the things that are going on for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Mario Murillo calls it the ungeneration. Verse 3, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness. Having a form of godliness is much different than being godly. Having a form of godliness is really religion. And it is going through the ritual and it is going through the motions of religion, but it's just a form. It's not the real thing. Having a form of godliness, but denying. Denying the power thereof from such. Make sure you hook up with them. No, I'm not on a soapbox. I'm not against anything. I'm not against, well, I'm not against anybody. I'm against a lot of things. <laughs> right? But I'm here this morning not to put others down, but to lift you up as a congregation. I want you to know, as long as Brenda and I have breath, and hi, Brenda. (laughs) 
I hope you're listening. She incidentally, oh my goodness, Friday night, she was the keynote speaker at Kindle the Flame, and wow, did they have a move of God. And I'm telling you, she is just so refreshed and just so blessed, and so am I, because she's coming home tonight at 9.06 p.m. Felt like singing that song by Three Dog Night, Lonely Days and Lonely Nights. <laughs> it might have been the Bee Gees, but whatever. But I want you all to know that we're all in with the Word and with the power of God. We are not going to back down, even though it may not be popular with everybody. We are staying with what we know. And we, by the grace of God, are going to enter into a greater, greater divine flow. What do you say? Who's with me today? Glory to God. So he tells us we're not to hook up with them. So many people are used to deadness. Oh, we don't want that in our church. We don't want that. Well, we want what everything that God wants. If we took time, you could look at Hebrews chapter 6, and the Bible talks about you and I can taste of the powers of the world to come. The world to come is just around the corner. And the closer we get to the catching away of the church, the closer we get the more of the powers of the world to come are we going to see. Angelic visitations. Supernatural miracles. Signs that will cause people to wonder. The psalmist said, oh, taste. Come on. And see that the Lord is good. Folks, we got to be hungry for this. That's one of the reasons why we're doing prayer school on Wednesday night. We're gathering the troops. Nothing happens in a church without the spirit of prayer. Jesus, when He walked this earth, he experienced the powers of the world to come. And the argument that religious people will give us is, yeah, but he was God. I do not deny the fact that Jesus was in an entirely class all by himself in that he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth in that He was the sinless, spotless Son of the living God who became our substitute on Calvary's cross. But I do contend with this thought that He did what He did while He walked this earth out of His deity, out of the fact that He was the Son of God. If that's the case, God would never have had to anoint Him Think of it. In Acts 10.38, it says, How God 
anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and religion and power. And what did he do with that Holy Ghost power? He went about doing good. I wonder, is he still the same yesterday, today, and forever? Is he still going about doing good? Can he still cleanse the lepers? Can he still raise the dead? Can he still recover blinded people? Can he still lift people out of hell and put them on the road to heaven? Yes, he is. And he's doing it through men and women just like you. If he was operating as God, he would not need to be anointed. I want you to notice the Passion Translation. And I believe it's Philippians, the second chapter. And we look at verse 6. He existed in the form of God. No one will argue that, right? Yet he gave no thought by seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Now notice verse 7. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. Read those last three words. Read it again. He became human. He stripped himself of all of his divine privileges. And he became as we were so that we could become as he is. As he is, so are we in this world. And you know what? The same God who anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power, He's still anointing people today. I didn't get a loud enough amen on that. He is still anointing you. Point your finger at yourself. He's still anointing me today. Right here in the nasty now and now, you are the anointed in Christ Jesus. Paul wrote about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 1.21. He says, Now, he which establisheth us with you in Christ. That's the key, in Christ. And has anointed us. Well, I'm going to be anointed someday after I get off my 30-day fast. Okay, fast for 30 days, fine. But the anointing is yours at the beginning of the fast, in the middle of the fast, and at the end of the fast. Yes. Now what fasting will do, it'll make, more, make you more conscientious of the anointed one and his anointing in you. And it may help you to flow a little bit more freely in this unction. But say with me, I have been anointed. And we see this all throughout the book of Acts. Remember in the first part of Acts, I believe it's chapter 1, he says, I want you to tarry in Jerusalem. Wait. 
until you be endued with what? Power from on high. If you will wait, I will endue you, I will empower you, I'll give you clothing. I will put a cloak on you of the anointing. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And they called Sambre Kishtea. And there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They got so full of the Holy Ghost, they ended up out on the street dancing and praising God. But they didn't stop with the glossolalia experience of speaking in their tongues. They took that experience, they took that clothing from on high, and they went to the gate beautiful, and they said, Silver and gold have we none, but such as we have give we thee. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. And he went walking and leaping and praising God. In the book of Acts, people were healed. The dead were raised. In Acts chapter 19, verse 11 and 12, this is why we pray over prayer clause. In Acts 19, verse 11 and 12, it says, And God worked special miracles by the hands of Paul so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons and the diseases departed from them and the evil spirits stayed with them another day and the evil spirits went they went out they went out why was that because paul was anointed with the same anointing that jesus was anointed with Paul was so saturated and filled with all the fullness of God that all they had to do was bring some handkerchiefs and aprons and he probably laid hands on them. Praise God, the power went into them and they put it on the bodies of the diseased. The diseases departed and if there was a devil, it had to run. Woo, glory to God. Now Jesus said some very important things to us in John chapter 10. And we notice in verse 10, he said, Believest thou that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? He said, The words that I speak, I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwelleth in me, he does the works. Did Jesus ever take the credit? He always gave the Father glory. He says, I can of myself do nothing. And so we see modeled through the ministry of Jesus that he was totally God dependent. He was father dependent. Pastor Tom did a great job Friday night encouraging us to stay and to live in the secret place. That's being El Shaddai. That's being El Elyon dependent. We're depending on Him. Jesus depended on Him. 
In verse 11, he says, Believe me, not believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verse 12, I want you to read it with me. Ready, read. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. What kind of works? Greater works. When the Bible talks about greater works, it's talking about the manifestations of God's power and of God's goodness. And then he goes on to say in verse 14 and 15, And whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 15, 14. If you shall ask anything, This word ask there means demand. And what it literally is saying to you and I, you have been given authority to demand things in the name of Jesus. We don't demand anything of God. But we can demand and we can command fear to leave our lives. We can demand sickness and disease to dry up. We can demand strife to cease. I felt a little something up there. We don't want to have anything to do with strife. And one of the things that will keep us out of strife is if we have this attitude that I am unoffendable. You can't offend me. Because I'm declaring then I'm unoffendable. I'm not touchy. I'm not fretful. I'm not resentful. I'm unoffendable. But when strife sticks its ugly head up, you have the power to demand it, to desist in your maneuvers, in his maneuvers against your life. How many of you believe in God with me today? How many of you are exercising faith in the power of God? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. 2 Corinthians 4, 5 and 6 says this. He says, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. Go ahead and keep moving. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in your heart to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now read verse 7 with me. For we have this treasure... In earthen vessels. We have this treasure where? The NIV says we have this treasure in jars of clay. Weist says it this way. In earthenware containers. Sounds like Tupperware to me. But don't miss the truth here. We have something and someone amazing in this Tupperware. We have something amazing in these jars of clay. And so what we need to do then is depend like Paul depended upon the anointing. Jesus did. Do you remember the day 
that he was baptized by John in the River Jordan? What does the Bible say? That the Spirit of God descended upon him like a dove. You know what happened to him on that day? Jesus was empowered. And the Father looked around and said, Hey, this is my beloved Son in whom I am very well pleased. We just finished a series called God Pleasers. It pleases the Father when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. But I want you to notice in Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, what happened immediately upon the Spirit of God descending upon Jesus. In Luke chapter 4, verse 1, it says, He went from Jordan, and he was led by the Spirit of God into the, where? Into the wilderness, verse 2, being 40 days tempted of the devil... In those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he was afterward a hungry. Notice verse 3. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Notice with me, he was being bombarded. Why was he being bombarded? For 40 days and 40 nights. The devil knew that that anointing was going to be in demonstration and that power was going to be so prevalent that it literally, literally scared him to death. And so he did everything that he possibly could to stop Jesus from fulfilling his ministry. Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are. Yet, thank God, he didn't yield to the temptation. Jesus had an arsenal of the written Word of God. Jesus said, it is written, it is written, it is also written. And then the Bible says the devil left him for a more opportune time. And don't think it strange concerning the fiery tests and trials that come against you. I believe that those are hindrances. Those are blockades, if you will, to keep you from fulfilling what God has placed on the inside of you. You got something great on the inside of you. You got something special on the inside of you. All of you are called to demonstrate the goodness of God, the glory of God, and the power of God. So he tries to stop us. He tries to scare us. But thank God... When you put your stake in the ground, you need to declare, He can't scare me, therefore He cannot stop me. I will fulfill all the will of God. The the body of Christ in the most tumultuous time that I know of since I've been born, the body of Christ will not be stopped. Because you can't scare us. You can't stop us. You can't mandate us. You can't close us down. You can't shut us up. We shall not be. We shall not be moved. Because we got this tree over here. And we're planted by the rivers of water. And whatever we do, whatever we drink of, we're going to prosper. We're going to flourish in the courts of God. We are going to fulfill all the will of God. 
We're not backing down. We're not backing up. They're not shutting us down. Glory to God. We're going to get bolder and bolder as the days go along. Woo! Glory to God. Don't let them scare you. Don't let them control you. We are not to be controlled by the spirit of this world. We are to be controlled by the spirit of the living God. I thought I'd get a bigger... I wish I had a friend up here. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Say with me, I shall not be. I shall not be moved. I'm standing on the promises of God. I'm like a tree planted by the rivers of water. My leaf shall not wither. And whatever I do, I will prosper. My inward man is being renewed day by day. I will continue to bring forth fruit for God's glory. Ha, 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 devil. Ha, ha, ha. Bombard us all you want. But when the dust settles, at the end of the day, I know we will be the last man standing. With our sword sharp, our helmet not tilted over here, our helmet on straight, our shield of faith quenching all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Glory to God. The breastplate of righteousness. That's you. That's who you are. That's what you're destined for. We are not destined from nine to five. We are destined to bring forth fruit for the glory of the Father. We are destined to bring forth a harvest for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody shout with me. Woo, hallelujah. So faith is the fuse that sets off the power. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the gospel that was preached to them did not profit them. Because they did not mix faith, come on, with what they heard. To have faith in the power of God, you got to hear something. And when you hear something, woo, and you act on it, faith is the fuse. Just like in your chemistry class in high school. They had containers over here and containers over there. And they said, don't mix them. And some of you did. (laughs) And as you mixed it, there was an explosion. So mix faith with the power and the answer will come. Mix faith with the power and the will of God shall be done. In a bad situation, it's a real combination. Mix faith today and blow the devil away. Woo! Glory to God. 
in a bad situation. It's a real combination. Mix faith today and blow the devil away. Blow him away. Blow him away. Chase him out of your home. Chase him out of your schools. Chase him out of our state. Chase him out of your mind. Chase him out of your body. Mix faith and God will perform his word. Woo! Glory to God. Faith in the power. Jesus is my hero. Because he didn't yield to temptation. And if he didn't yield to temptation, we don't have to either. He was tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. He's able to help us in the midst of a bad situation. And in Luke chapter 4, in verse 14 through 21, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee... And there went out a fame of him throughout all the regions. And he taught, come on now, he taught in their synagogues. He's trying to get something into them. Faith comes by. He taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth when he had been brought up. And as his custom was, Jesus went to synagogue. If Jesus went to synagogue, we should go to church. (laughs) Woo! Glory to God. It was his custom. I can't, well, I better not meddle, but I cannot imagine not being together with you on a Sunday morning. It was customary. The Bible said he opened the book from the book of Isaiah. He found where it was written. In other words, he knew where it was, but he found it. And he quoted, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he closed the book. He gave it to the minister, and he sat down in the designated chair which was reserved for the Messiah. Glory to God. And he sat down. And the eyes of all of them were in the synagogue. They were fastened on him. Why were they fastened on him? Because the power of God was there. And then he said to them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. In other words, if you believe what we'll just preach, it'll happen for you right now. But he went to the word 
first. Come on. So he could get results. Now we know that Jesus in his own hometown, he could there do no mighty work, except that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk with minor ailments. But that wasn't because he wasn't ready. And that wasn't because the power of God was not available. The power of God was there. There was just no faith to activate it. Little faith, little results. Great faith, greater works, and great results. If he could get the people to hear, they'd be healed. Jesus spent three quarters of his ministry healing the sick, but before he did, he taught them and he preached to them the gospel of the kingdom and then he healed their diseases. We see this in Luke chapter 6, verse 17 through 19. He says, He came down with them and stood in the plain in the company of the disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to what? They came to hear him and to be healed. Glory to God. Verse 18 and 19. And there were vexed with unclean spirits. They were healed. And the whole multitude, say with me, the whole multitude sought to touch him. Why? Because there went virtue power out of him they knew that if they could just be touched the power would be activated how did they know that because they heard Jesus in closing turn quickly if you will to Luke chapter 8 have you ever heard of the woman with the issue of blood an issue of blood is not any fun Diseases are a bummer. And she was especially challenged because in verse 43, it says, A woman having an issue of blood 12 years, which spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any. She ran out of money, I'm sure. She came to the end of the rope. But one day she heard of Jesus. Mark chapter 5 says, And when she heard of Jesus, when she heard of Jesus, something rose up on the inside of her. Faith rose up. Hope rose up. And she said, I know that if I can just get to Him and touch the hem of His garment, I'm going to be healed. Now, all the curiosity seekers and all the curiosity touchers, they may not get anything, but bless God, I'm going to get something. Save me, she had faith in the power of God. Verse 44, she came behind him and touched the border of his garment. Somebody says, why the garment? Because of what was on the other side of that garment. And immediately... Her issue of blood. Whoo, glory to God. It stanched. It stopped. 
Verse 45. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throngs thee and press thee. How do you say who touched me? This woman pressed through and took her healing. She heard, she pressed, she touched, power flowed, and she's healed. And God's no respecter of persons. If you will press, if you will hear, if you will touch, power will flow and healing power shall be manifest in your body. Verse 46, And Jesus said, Somebody has touched me. For I perceive, in other words, I know that power went out of me. Brother Hagin said this, Jesus was aware of an outflow. She was aware of an inflow. Can you know in your body that you're healed? Can you know down in your knower that it's yours, you have it now, and you can't be talked out of it? Can you know that the power of God is working in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure? Verse 47, And the woman saw that she was not hid, and she came trembling and falling down before him and declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. Read verse 48 with me. Come on. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and go in shalom. So I encourage you this morning. In this part one of our new series, Faith in the Power of God, I encourage you to mix faith. And the answer will come. Mix faith with the power and the work will be done. In a bad situation, it's a glorious combination. What do you say we mix faith today? And let's blow the devil away. Stand up, everybody. Glory to God. Glory to God. And the Spirit of the Lord, Pastor Tom, is on you right now. And you are correbeste andale yando. And so we're going to blow the devil away. And you're here today. You're going to activate his power right now. Say with me, I activate the power of the Lord. The power of the Lord. Is present to heal, present to lift, present to bless. The power of God is in this place. And so I take my faith and I activate. I mix my faith with the power of God. Pastor Tom, pray prophetically over the people right now, over healings in the name of Jesus. Go ahead, guys. Uh Receive. We believe in the power of God. Come on, you've got to believe it. You've got to have, like Keith Hershey says, a believing moment. Can you have a belief? Just stop looking at the symptoms. Stop looking at the doctor's report. Stop looking at your family history. And start looking at the Lamb of God.
and just get a believing moment is what I'm hearing in my heart. Have a believing moment and mix your faith with it. God, we thank you that you are upon us, you are in us, and you are moving among us. In Jesus' mighty name, we speak release. We command diseases to release God's people in the name of Jesus. We speak a release in Jesus' mighty name. We speak improvement. We speak a raising up in Jesus' name. We speak that the numbers are changing right now in Jesus' mighty name. We pray and thank God because there's healing in the name of Jesus. Now plead the blood of Jesus over your loved ones and over that situation. Plead the blood of Jesus over your blood pressure. Come on. In Jesus' mighty name. Plead the blood of Jesus over those numbers and see those numbers go where they're supposed to go. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. That's a Come on. Way too much respect for the numbers. Start having respect for the name, the blood, Come and on. the word, and the anointing. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. He has anointed me. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. To set on something ought to be said all week long. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is in me. Your take home today is Christ in you. The hope of glory. That's the hope of the glory of God manifested in you, for you, all around you. Your mind, your body, your whole house, your kids. That's the hope. That's the expectation. We're not facing tomorrow with dread. We're facing tomorrow with faith. Glory to God. We are not helpless. We are not hopeless. We are filled with God's hope, God's faith, and God's spirit. And this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears right now right now you're strong right now you're healed right now you're blessed right now you have a sound mind don't let the devil tell you you're losing your mind just because you forget a little here and forget there thank God you got the mind of Christ say with me this day is this word fulfilled in my ears fulfilled in my life keep your hand over your heart if you've not met Jesus as your Lord and Savior today is your day of salvation